Before we get started, I have an important message. If you're on Medicare or about to be, you don't want to go it alone. And you don't want to just call the first guy who sends you a postcard. My husband did that, and he wound up with some bad advice that costs us a penalty each month that will never go away. So what can you do? Contact one of our member experts by going to certifiedmedicareagents.com and searching your state for an agent. You'll be able to look through our member agents and read about them. Then you can reach out to the agent or broker you select directly through the site. Now, one thing you should know is other sites who do this sell your information to 15 or more agents so you can get hundreds of unwanted phone calls. Not so with CertifiedMedicareAgents.com. You'll only be contacted by one agent, and if there is a problem, I may personally reach out to you, but generally you will only hear from the one agent you select. So head on over there right now before you forget and find a qualified and certified agent that can help you today. Now, let's start our program. Welcome back to the Rock Your Retirement Show. I'm your host, Kathy Klein, and today I'm pleased to tell you that if you are one of the people who are thinking about retiring and think maybe you can't retire because you didn't save enough money, the Ed and Cynthia portions of these podcasts are going to be for you, and I will name them so that you can tell when you download the podcast whether or not this is an Ed and Cynthia show. So this will be ongoing, and I hope you enjoy it. So welcome back, Ed and Cynthia, back to the Rocky Retirement Show. What are we going to talk about today? Thanks for having us, first of all. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about a, a travel subject that we wrote about recently. It got a lot of interest, so we're hopeful it will be interesting to your listeners as well. It's called slow travel. Now, have you heard about this? I have heard about it, and I want to do it. But so far, I haven't been able to talk my husband into it because he doesn't like to be away from the house that long. Oh. But tell the listeners what slow travel is. Okay. Why well, don't you do that, Ed? Yeah, well, I'll back up a little bit. Travel, as is typically defined is either a vacation where you're so stressed out and you go somewhere and all you want to do is flop in a chair at the beach or whatever and do as little as possible, or a trip where you're going someplace for a specific reason and you try to cram as much into the time you're there as possible. And, and we've done both of those things over the years. Of course we have. <laughs> So the problem with the first thing is the vacation thing is if you're really that stressed out, you spend the first few days of your vacation unstressing, and then you spend the last few days of it thinking about what kind of, you know, what storm you're going to face when you come back. <laughs> All the problems waiting for you at home. <laughs> so you exactly. just get that little window in the middle. And the problem with the trip is if you do it the way most people do, you're so exhausted at the end of the trip, you need a vacation. So, yeah, because you're trying to cram everything in. I've traveled with people like that. They're like, okay, we're going to start at 8 o'clock in the morning, and we're going to be here, and then at 10 o'clock, we're going to go there, and at 12 o'clock, we're going to... And I'm just like, uh, when am I supposed to relax? Right. 
So yes. we, as we discussed the last time, we've been traveling full time for the past couple of years and have kind of eased into this slow travel sort of an idea, honestly, not even knowing it was a thing. <laughs> it, has right. A, right. it has a name. It doesn't have initials and <laughs> nothing's really a thing until it has initials these days, but um, it's different and it's specifically trending with the 50 plus crowd, which we're a part of. Can't speak for you. We don't talk about <laughs> ask women their yes, age. I'm but... definitely 50 plus. Absolutely. Well, and we kind of, uh, you know, Ed mentioned we sort of fell into this and realized that we were doing it because after our first year of travel, we did try to overschedule and do too many things and go to too many places in too little amount of time, and we were exhausted. So we thought we we have to get better at this or we can't keep doing it. (laughs) Yeah, so to back up a little bit, the slow travel movement is kind of an offshoot of the slow food movement, which a lot of people have heard of that. It started in the 80s in Italy. Wait, what? Slow the food? What? It, I've never heard of that. Well, what never mind. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, you've never heard of slow food? Okay. No, no, it's, I've never heard of slow food. That started in Italy in the 80s when McDonald's was going to put one of their outlets right in front of some, I can't remember which iconic place in Rome. And um, a journalist, I think, started something and it didn't end up actually working because the McDonald's went in anyway. But <laughs> anyway, anyway, this is kind of like a side note. But, you know, I, I just have to say, having transplanted yourself from California to South Carolina, everything's slower there. So I'm surprised. That yes. <laughs> yes, we we now live in the slow country. Absolutely. So. <laughs> Is slow food just like normal food that's not fast food? Is is that what it is? Or yeah, it was a it was a reaction to the proliferation. That's not easy to say of just the fast food movement in general. And slow food has the same kind of underpinnings as the slow travel thing, which is to slow down, appreciate the food, appreciate the experience. Have conversation. Don't just cram the food down while at your desk and keep working or whatever. Is it? It's kind of like European. Like when you, when you're in Europe and you go to dinner, you're going to be there for four hours, right? Yes. Trust me, we're in Buenos Aires right now. And same thing. It's, <laughs> it's that way everywhere, I think, except the states. Except the U.S. Okay, so slow food is just like normal food everywhere else. It's just don't eat at McDonald's. It's not in and out, rushing, rushing, rushing. Cramming your face and leaving. Okay. So now that we've cleared that up, thank you. So (laughs) slow travel is not cramming everything in to a two-week or a one-week trip, which is what my husband and I are going to do in in, the end of April. We are going on a tour, and we're going to be cramming a bunch of stuff in. Well, I, I think you can still take the attitude with you, even though, because I know this trip is already planned. Take the attitude that... You're going to just slow down a little bit and okay. it'll make, you, make your experience better. Yeah. So what this slow travel thing is, it's not doing what you're doing for a longer period of time. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. You, instead of um, cramming 15 things into a seven day trip, it's cramming 15 things into a five month trip. 
or, or a six or a, month trip or, or a year long trip or a hundred things into it. <laughs> it's really more about just having an experience instead of a greatest hits thing where you've done this probably. We've certainly done it. You do one of these greatest hits thing. You're snapping photos left and right. You're going here and there. You get back from that trip. You're looking at your photos. You can't even remember what day that happened or maybe even where the heck you were. You know, I can, I told, and you missed the experience. So I'll, I'll just interject here. My husband and I went to Albuquerque, New Mexico for the balloon festival. Oh, and for the listener, if you've never been to the balloon festival, it, you you cannot look at pictures or videos and get the experience. You really, really have to be there. And Les was taking pictures, and I said, "Les, put the camera away. You're missing it. Right. You are missing this because when you're taking pictures, you're in a different mindset than you are just experiencing the 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 moment." And I do understand what you're saying. You know, you, you do want to take pictures, but a lot of times when you are taking pictures, you are missing what is happening because you're focusing on pictures. I absolutely agree. Uh, Ed, Ed's the photographer in this duo and he, he takes great photos, but sometimes I feel like he's not seeing everything. And so I'm looking up and looking around and constantly reminding him to turn around because with a camera, you're just focused forward. That's what you do. Well, the same kind of thing happens, you know, well, you don't know, but we haven't had a car in 13 years because of where we lived in Ecuador. We didn't need one. And the same kind of thing happens when you're on a road trip. The passenger's doing all the looking and the driver's doing all the driving. (laughs) (laughs) And you don't get the same experience when you're driving as the person in the passenger seat. So anyway, this slow travel thing, there are, it's not like hard and fast rules, but there are some general underlying principles that the people, there's people that are super into this, purists we are not, <laughs> but the general idea is that rather than do a group travel experience, unless it's a really small group, it's better to travel independently. Because when you're doing a big group thing, like on a bus or whatever, you're all staying at the same place, you're all eating at the same place, you're all sleeping at the same place, and you're depending on one person, the guide, to define the experience for you. Whereas when you're traveling independently, you get to make those choices at your own pace, and it just it creates a deeper experience, I guess you would say. Yeah. Not knocking anybody's choices but if you want to do the slow travel thing this is this is kind of makes more sense than when you're doing a, a group a big group kind of deal well and just a side note too you know those those group travel experiences you're pretty much guaranteed that everything's going to go smoothly uh you're not the first people that have done this tour with slow travel if you build in those extra days you're also building in time to kind of mess up if you mess up. <laughs> so, and that's okay because some of those experiences can end up being your best ones. But let's let's define it. So when I've read about slow travel, I've always looked at it instead of spending a week somewhere, you're spending a month. Right. Is that kind of how you're looking at it? Yeah, or more, as much as you can. 
But the idea is to stay local instead of staying at the Sheridan or whatever, or if there happens to be one, just take it a local Airbnb or, or a local B&B or something like that. Eat local. Don't go to all the touristy restaurants. Look around and find a place. That, that we do this all the time, of course, because of where we are. Many times we're the only gringo, as we call ourselves, in the restaurant at the places we go, you know, or and go to a little artisanal place instead of just the the to buy the, your souvenir the top and... four places on TripAdvisor or whatever. Have you ever um, stayed in a hostel? No, you're not that brave. You know what? We have found smaller places that for us have hostel like prices, uh, but you do have your own private room. But we we've, we've stayed in places that don't have private baths. You have to go down the hall, <laughs> whatever, to to the bathroom or. Yeah, so we've done a few of those and, yeah. and had a pretty decent experience, but we're not in our 20s. Yeah, we you didn't want to stay in a dorm room with uh, 15 kids. No. And that's who it's going to be. It's a bunch of backpackers. Yeah. And that's just, we're not, well, we weren't that when we were that age, but that's just not our speed. But I mean, on the other hand, we went to Iguazu Falls a couple of weeks ago, I think right after the last podcast, yeah. and stayed in a four room B&B. So, which was quite in a jungle kind of setting. It was, it was great. It was great. So, yeah. So it's all those kind of ideas. And like Cynthia said, don't overschedule. That's especially for the over 50. I think that's why this is really gaining traction because at our age, if you're just blowing and going all the time, you just can't sustain the pace well unless you have a lot more stamina than we do yeah and we think we're in pretty good shape but you know we're pretty active for our age but i'm telling you you just need to give yourself more time so as opposed to the let's see from eight o'clock until sundown how many things we can do (laughs) it's kind of like let's schedule one big thing today and then just explore or, or go back to the room and take a nap or, or <laughs> not give, the, ourselves, not, yeah. give ourselves a whole day to not even leave the room if we're tired. We've certainly done that also. And it's just you. what happens is you come out of the experience energized instead of exhausted. Yeah. And that's kind of what we've learned. You know, Les and I kind of did something similar on our last cruise. Do you want to hear about it? Yeah, sure. sure. So our last cruise was, I think it was, it was a Caribbean cruise. So, you know, we've been on Caribbean cruises and to us, they're all very similar. Uh And all the, the the Caribbean is very similar. You get off the ship and you don't know where you are because it, it all looks very similar. And this time we went on this cruise because we never experienced a mega ship, one of those ginormous ships with everything you can imagine to do. And so this time we got off the ship once and that was it. We didn't get off the ship again. We just decided we were just going to stay on the ship, let everybody else get off. And then it's like having the whole ship to ourselves. So it was kind of like slow travel on a cruise ship because we didn't really get off the ship. <laughs> you know? One of our bucket list cruises 
is a repositioning cruise. Where you don't, you don't get off. <laughs> well, when you schedule that, let me know. Right now, I'm, I'm trying to talk less into it. He doesn't, he doesn't really like being on the water that long. But since he didn't get off the ship on this one for that amount of time, I might be able to talk him into a repositioning cruise. I would like to go to, you know, well, actually, our cruises would be leaving from different destinations, probably, because you're, you're uh, in a different location. But but I would love to do one of those where you get on the ship somewhere in Florida and then get off in Spain yeah, and then yeah. stay in Spain for another three weeks. You know, I would love to do something like that, but I don't think it's in the cards for us right now. I'll tell you what, what I think would be even better is to do it just the opposite. Go do your trip and then have that time on the way back to just kind of reflect on. Oh, decompress. So yeah. fly to the location and then come home on the repositioning. Those always are in the wrong time of year for me. Uh, <laughs> so, we, had, we had some friends that did what you said, took a cruise over to Europe, and they just, are we ever going to get there kind of thing? They wanted to do the, <laughs> you know, and it, there's a week and a half on the boat or something. Like, we could have been here in six hours if we had flown. <laughs> That makes total sense. Do it on the way home. Yeah, that's that's a that is a good point. That probably would be a a better way to do it. Maybe I'll schedule one out for like three years from now. Okay. <laughs> I think they will let you do that. Here's a funny. <laughs> yeah, sure they will. They'll take your money anytime. <laughs> Here's a really counterintuitive thing about this slow travel idea is that it can be cheaper because. If you're going from place to place, not if you just go to one place and then you go back, but if you're doing a, a multi-stop place kind of thing, True. Yeah. you're spending a lot of money getting from one place to the next. Whereas if you just go one place and stay, you're eliminating all that extra hopping and bebopping around. So it can end up, plus if you do an Airbnb kind of thing, they have substantial disc or a lot of places hosts have substantial discounts for multi-week stays, sometimes half price almost over yeah. a week stay. Yeah, it's crazy how much less expensive it can be. And then you're you're also not trying to cram everything in, like you said. I, you know, I've heard of people, I've actually heard of people doing this, but instead of it being a quote un, unquote vacation, they're actually doing it as a workation. I have a friend who helps people put together these workations. I can't think, you know, I should, I should know her website off the top of my head, but I don't, but I will post it in the show notes. I think it's executive travel.com or something like that. But, um, but I, I will post it in the website, but she helps, she helps people who want to go for a month or more and work mm -hmm. and vacation she helps them plan these getaways. So what do you think about that kind of slow travel where you're actually still working? Well, well that's called being a digital nomad. Well, yeah. Well, but, but it's for people with, it's, it's for people with nine to five jobs. Right. It's not for people that are quote unquote digital nomads who are actually self-employed. This uh -huh. is for people who are in nine to five jobs. Yeah. But see, um, especially post COVID, a lot of people work remotely now. Mm -hmm. So if, if you're doing a job from your home where, and you never have to go into the office, 
you can do that job anywhere that's got an internet connection, which pretty much is anywhere in the world these days. And that's what's, that's what spurred mm-hmm. this whole digital nomad movement or accelerated it because people realize, wait a minute, I'm living in this place that costs a ton of money. I'm making a ton of money, but I'm spending a ton of money. <laughs> just to, Why don't I go to a place where I'm still making the ton of money and spending <laughs> like no money and just banking the difference and having an adventure? Anyway, I think that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, that's another podcast. <laughs> we, we have another, another uh, category to cover. But, you know, some of the benefits of of the slow travel that sort of has evolved for us, like I mentioned, last last year, we uh, overscheduled a bit trying to do too many things and go too many places. And this year, uh, well, this past year, actually, um, uh, year before I was talking about 2021, now 2022, we've stayed longer in the places where we've gone and just experienced uh, how much better it is for us and to be able to take time off and and still do, as you know, we write for our website and, and do other things. We don't have a, an official nine to five job, but we do still need time to work and write and post about what we're doing. And uh, we just find the relaxed pace so much better. Spending a month in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Gave us plenty of time to do day trips and side trips and just uh, sort of it's more like living somewhere than than a trip. But you end up doing those fun things anyway. Hmm. So do you meet people when you're doing the slow travel? Do you do you meet like minded people or make long term friends or is it mostly short term? I'm friends with you while I'm here. And then uh, like a lot of Americans, I don't talk to you again after that. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Kathy, because I think that to enjoy this kind of travel, you have to feel comfortable uh, talking to people, interacting with people, uh, and and actually enjoy that. Uh, As a matter of fact, uh, Ed goes to a gym, and, you know, you tend to see the same people there all the time, and he struck up a conversation with a guy, and now he has an official friend here in Buenos Aires. I went to yoga class and did the same thing. a native English speaker while she's teaching English here, um, helped me out in sort of translating some, some uh, information. And she said, Oh, I'll connect with you. Maybe we can have a coffee. And so, yes, you do. You do have time to connect with people, uh, whether they'll be lifelong fast friends. I, I don't know, but it's just nice that you do that and you can have as many relationships as you, you want. In a a foreign place. A friend of a friend introduced us to a a lady here in Buenos Aires, and we got together with her last week. And as a result of that, we're going to to a tapas and wine thing gathering next week and something else at the end of the month. So we're going to know a lot more expats by the end of this month than we do right this minute. And tapas and wine. That's that's slow food. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. And we're going over to her apartment for wine before we go have wine. So <laughs> it's the Buenos Aires wine. It's quite that's great. Funny. But I mean, a friend of ours a long time ago said that people come into your life for a, a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And quite honestly, I can't imagine that the people that we come across in these travels are going to be lifetime. 
But if it's just for the season where you're together while you're together, that's fine. We met a German couple in Iguazu that's coming to Ecuador soon. I can't remember when. And we're, as for the listeners that don't know, that's our home base. And we, of course, offered to give them the lowdown on all the great stuff to do there, this, that, and the other. And so that one lasted longer than just, you know, a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, at the at the little B&B we were in. So you just never know about you these don't. things. Are you going to meet them there and show them around or, you know, because you have to help. Don't you have to go back to Ecuador once a year or something to maintain uh, your residency? Every two years. Every, every two years. But well, we are so. actually going back in just a few months. That's another podcast. Yeah, we, we like we like yeah. Ecuador a lot. And, you know, we lived there for over a decade. So we have still have friends there. And, um, and our furniture. And, yeah. Our furniture lives there, so um, in storage, right? <laughs> right. We just keep making this life up. But I encourage, I encourage uh, your listeners if they don't know much about slow travel, if they're in a situation where it might work for them, or they can go somewhere, stay longer, that you look into it because it can be such an enriching experience. You you can. Really, I think at, at the end of a slow travel trip, no matter how long it is, you, I think, come away from that feeling different, feeling that you've gotten to know the people more, the culture. Why, why do they do the things that they do? And uh, I don't know. We've really, we've really enjoyed it. So I think we'll keep doing it. That's great. I can't wait to hear about more of your slow travel experiences. And what's the website address where our listeners can connect with you, ask questions, listen, and and uh, see what, what it is you're doing? Well, it's easy. It's our name, edandcynthia.com. My name is spelled with two Ds, E-D-D-A-N-D-C-Y-N-T-H-I-A. But if you don't remember that and just put ED, it'll redirect you anyway. So no pressure. But yeah, edandcynthia.com. And we've got a wealth of information there about all things living and traveling and retiring in a different country. That's kind of our kind of our thing. That's great. That's great. Well, thank you again for coming on the Rock Your Retirement Show. I can't wait to talk with you again and to hear what's going on with you. Well, it'll be something different. That's for sure. It always is. We just don't know what it is often until very quickly before it almost happens. Thank you so much, Kathy, for having us. We enjoy uh, talking with you and hope that your listeners uh, enjoy us. Thanks again. And for the listeners, we'll see you next time on the Rock Your Retirement Show. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.